Sam, it was your first time joining us. How did that feel not to have to roll too many dice during like a, a role playing session? It was good, man. I didn't even realize what was going on. I thought I was just doing some LARP or something because I, it was not it was not like the the D and I played before, which I appreciated um, because I'm often very bad at that. And so, yeah, it was a good time. I'm happy to be here for part two. You're much comfier than you like a usual D and D session, right? Where like you have to like roll a myriad number of dice and like keep a lot of stats up in front. Every time I actually play D&D, every single time something happens, I am forced into the position of saying, and what do I roll again? And what does that mean? What's my modifier? And so to just roll 1d6 and be like, it says four. That is pretty wonderful for me. And also just the, an abundance of steak. Yeah. Well, we didn't yeah. have beef oh. this time, I, so we had to have a replacement. Well, we we had we had a crap ton of roast beef and a crap ton of prime rib. <laughs> I want you all to know I prepped this by eating about a pound of tri tip, uh, and so I I do have the meat sweats, and I'm going to okay, bring good. that into my character tonight. May you become may, may you become slightly feverish then in that case they, feverish I, with gaming you. delight, and also a real fever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like like like. Method acting D and love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could call me the Ed Norton of whatever the hell this is. <laughs> it's great. Hi, I'm Rob. I am your GM for this evening. That's right. Uh, host the Our Strange Skies podcast. Co-host the Coda. And I am the Dungeon Master of Rolling Through the Realms. Hey, my name is Brian Hasty. I play uh, Norman Johnson. You can find me on the Double Density as well as the Coda Podcast. Hi, I'm Jen. I am the co-host of Vanished and the creator of In Defense of Liberty. And I am a player on Rolling Through the Realms and obviously this show. And I am Paul, was known as Techno Funk Boy. I play Crethen on Dice and Dreary. I'm the Game Master on Mont Blanc's Hunters. Normally this podcast... Today, I'm going to be playing Duff McEwen. Hello, everyone. My name is Samuel Fredrickson. I co-host Not Alone. Uh, we've done one episode in the last six months, but it's still a podcast, and you can find it if you try real hard. The investigators are in Missouri to find Lucy Newton, a member of the Black Budget, the section of Ordo Veritatis, concerned particularly with aliens and abductions. There have been a series of abductions in the area, and the only connection between the victims is a therapist named Evan Spencer and the field where they have all reappeared, which is owned by Helena Harris. While investigating, Norman himself was abducted and found with a woman in a black suit who disappeared right before the eyes of the investigators and also the body of Lucy. Crop, chapter five. What do y'all want to do now? I'm I'm just still sitting in the van looking over that same ancient tome because Jedediah <laughs> is certain that the same entities that appear in modern day UFO encounters are the gods and demons that are talked about in Sumerian myth. So I am of little, if any, help at all during this. You're, you you are Giorgio Suclos in that van. I have two giant buckets of confirmation bias, and I am just pouring them on everything that happens. Did any of us know about this before we brought him along? 
<laughs> I don't. No, no. Uh, you would never met Jedediah Snails. I'm gonna lodge a complaint and with the with the, with, with the I'm gonna get with, with, I'm gonna get into the van and just sit next to him okay. silently now. Okay, and so I look over it at um uh I look over at Norman and Norman. I say I say just tell me Norman if any of this sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> the all lord um, said after he came into being i am he who came into being as kepri when i had come into being being itself came into being and all beings came into being after i came into being does that sound like what they what was being talked about where you mm, were not especially okay all right well that was egyptian so we'll move to Samaria. <laughs> uh, give me a few all minutes right. here we'll see and what happens as- as they're moving on uh, from different uh, cultures uh, and their origin myths and such, uh, what are you guys doing now? Hey, so I think we should maybe go canvas town and see if we can spot that truck. Um, the first place I'd like to check for that is that apartment building. Because okay. um, uh, Helena Hodges uh, Harris. is... Harris. I wrote down Hodges. Well, I don't no, know why. There's a different Hodges. Uh, I'm sorry. That's that's not that's Debbie not the, Hodges. Yes, there you go. That's why. Okay. Yes. Uh Debbie Hodges also works uh as a uh she's a server at the uh from Dust Till Dawn. Oh well that would have been helpful to know like, you know, earlier, like two hours ago. Yeah, it's fine. Um um so okay all right uh yeah i would like um helena is tied up in all of this mm-hmm. pretty tightly and um her story is not lining up with any everybody else's mm-hmm. story and so um i think uh i i don't i don't know what time it is maybe it's too late to do our plan for the last time to um to have Jedediah uh, make some prank phone calls. I definitely um, do not imitating, think it's too late for that. In fact, I think it's the perfect time for Imitating our favorite, favorite character. <coughs> Let me get a drink here. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, that, is that what you're doing? Is that what you're set on? I think that's a good plan. I think it's okay. a good next step, at the okay. very least. Yeah. Uh, um, Rob, could I get a sample? I'm I mean, gonna... Jedediah remembers, but could I get a sample? <laughs> Of that doctor, I, I oh, know. Be, 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 before you do that, I you know it's like I, I I don't feel like Norman is like wanting to be in the crowd with all the the buzz, and so I'm like I'm gonna sit next to him and just talking to him directly where no one else can hear. It, uh, I'll I'll like I'll like get the laptop and I'll show him the the truck, and it's like is this? So it looks like this is what brought you here. What? What, what do you, is, is this something you remember? No. And why, why does the van smell like wine? It, oh my God. There must have been something. He to lost your his memory. Factory, <laughs> you were in the UFO. No, I don't remember any trucks or vans or vehicles. I remember bright light and that's it. Bright light. Okay. All right. I appreciate it. I do not have any skill in in reassurance uh but i could wait wait no no i do for norman 
because for Norman, cop talk ah, is reassurance. Yeah. So ah. I will cop talk that conversation. There you go. <laughs> so I like, like I like put the I'll put the the laptop in front of him. Norman, we know how we know how you got here. Why don't you make it easier on yourself and just tell us all about it? Holy <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit! Oh my goodness! <laughs> I really don't remember, and that is the honest truth. I would not lie to any of you. I just, <laughs> I have no idea how to explain what happened to me or why I'm missing a fingernail and it doesn't hurt or why they took blood or. Why there's a loss of hair, I don't know. All right. Okay, so we've got uh, Duff. He's uh, cop-talking Norman. Um, Jedediah, are you making a phone call? I'm making a phone call, but again, I need a voice sample. <sighs> I need a, I need just a quick jot to my memory. I did just watch Point Break two days ago, and yeah. so if I need to, I can do a Bodie, but I'd prefer to have the genuine article. Wait, wait, wait. Something like, you know, um, just ride ride the wave, man. Just ride the wave. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Bro, what I are you talking Bro. about like you're riding the wave, man? Okay. Because that's right. what you're doing. There you go. Okay. That's it. That is the only time I will be using that voice. All right, here we go. <laughs> I dropped the quarter and I and I uh, No, no, no. You dropped two quarters. No. <laughs> I dropped two quarters. And I dial Helena Harris's number. Uh it rings for a, a long time, but you do hear the receiver pick up. Is she like, um, hello? It's it's uh, really Hel- late. Helena, is that like you, Doctor Spencer? Is that is that you? Because you sound kind of weird. And it's because I have a cold, <laughs> Helena. That I <laughs> sound a little bit strange, and I'm also going a bit more Shatner than. <laughs> Let me, (laughs) Helena, it was so good to see you at our meeting tonight. I was so grateful you were there, but there are a few things I'd like to talk to you about. If you have some time. Well, I mean, I was, I was really just sleeping, but I guess we could talk. Sure. Helena, Uh, there is a great sleep that awaits all of us. (laughs) We yeah, that, do not want not... to take time from it now. That sounds like something you'd say, Dr. Spencer. Thank, it is I, Dr. Spencer. <laughs> Helena, I was wondering, are you a child of the next level? You hear her sigh briefly, and she says, well, no. No. I, my experiences are a little different. See, uh, I'm not I'm not like the rest of the people in town. Like, I had my experiences when I was younger, okay. and they heavily affected my life. In fact, the reason that we sold the farm was because it was becoming kind of like a UFO hotspot. We used to see crop circles all the time. They would just show up and everything, and I hated it. And we just we just sold it and then you know i i bought the midnight ranch to kind of confront my fears and right. that's and that's when that's when ted got in contact with me um i, I thought it was weird but you know got to do something with that property and like i'm just wondering like 
why do you feel the need to act as though your experiences are the same as others? Why can't it be that you are a beautiful, wonderful flower, all of your own, but instead you pretend to be a, a, a rose as if you were every other rose? Well, I just feel like nobody's accepted me before, and, and coming to Second Life meetings was making me feel good. And, and seeing all those others uh, say, you know, children of the next level, I wanted to be a part of that. Yeah, it does seem to be a group experience. Oh, yeah. I'm, oh go ahead. I yeah, it, it, really, it really does. Um, I don't know. I'm hoping one day I can conquer my fear. But now that there's a crop circle in, you know, the wheat and the, and on, on my property, and like I didn't even plant that wheat, you know? Right. You didn't. You just showed up and they showed up as well. And I'm wondering, really, if you don't mind me asking, Helena, don't worry about my cadence, Helena. I'm wondering. I totally trust you, Dr. Spencer. Thank you. I'm wondering, do you think that the the beings, which are real, I want to make it clear, I believe you. I believe all of my experiences. Do you think that the experiences you had as a child are related to their experiences? Or do you think it, it might be that you were interacting with beings on a different wavelength entirely? You know, Dr. Spencer, I'm not really sure. Maybe, um, maybe by allowing Ted to grow that wheat on my field, um, you know, I, I was like summoning them there or something. I don't know. I haven't had any experiences in like, I don't know, 20 plus years, but, um, you know, sometimes you just got to conquer your fear, even if you're not the one growing the wheat out there. Ain't, Ain't that the truth of it, but let me just confirm, sorry, let me just confirm what you said. You said it was Ted that planted the wheat. Yeah, Ted. How how did that conversation go? Is was he interested in farming and making a profit, or was there? What? I'm just confused. Why wheat? I felt like aliens. Sorry, visitors usually interact in cornfields, and yet Ted came to you specifically with the idea for wheat. Well, Ted, you know, he lost his job recently. He was a history professor at a nearby college, and I, I, I'm sure you. I'm sure you know that, Doctor Spencer. But like, of course, I've done a lot of work with Ted. God bless him. He's he's riding his way. Yeah, and like, he came to me saying that like he could make me a lot of money, this town a lot of money. You know, kind of like the whole uh, field of dreams thing. And uh, you know, um, he just said that there was a lot of money that could be made, and that. He could draw the people here with like really tall wheat, and that wheat is pretty tall. I mean, it uh, is. It's beautiful yeah. wheat. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, you, like you know, Doctor Spencer, you rented him a part and an apartment on the top floor here. It's it's only a couple doors down from me. You know, I um, did. Yeah. Has you rented him? You rented him apartment thirteen, which I gotta tell you, Doctor Spencer, is really bad luck to have an apartment thirteen in here. I understand. It says thirteen on the door. All the numbers are but expressions of the divine beauty within all things. That doesn't so sound okay. like something you'd say, Doctor Spencer. <laughs> I'm just oh, saying. I'm sorry. That was <laughs> 
<laughs> we're, well, we're all we're all we're all hovering around you, going. <laughs> now let me. Let, <clears throat> I do some coughing. <clears throat> Helena, have has he given you any money? He's been promising you money. Has he given you any money? Not yet, but he says the money's coming, and, and the money's going to come from people wanting to look at the wheat. Yeah, that's what he says, and you know I trust him. I mean, Ted, he like I, I'm giving him a break because he lost his job, you know. Yeah, what was it? what did he do again? Remind me. He was a history professor. He, that's he kinda, right. He specialized in like you know Norse mythology and. Uh, you know, Celtic mythology and stuff. I cough and under my breath I say Benzona and uh, <laughs> just curse him in Hebrew for choosing such a bullshit way of life. But <laughs> Are you okay, Dr. Spencer? <clears throat> Benzona. Yes. Um, so, I mean, yeah. Did you I'm just say fine. Benadryl? Like, what, what? I did. I am very, I, I don't know if I've let you, you've let me into your life. I don't know if I've let you into mine. I'm very allergic to wheat, and I just drove by Ted's big, beautiful wheat field, uh, just just on a whim, uh, and and it's got me acting something fierce. So I'll take, give me, <clears throat> sorry, let me take this Benadryl, and I cover the phone, and I look at everybody who's like looking and like in around me, and I'm like, what what else should I ask? Are we good? Do we need anything more? Are there any questions, people? Hurry, hurry. <laughs> I think we're good. I we think we're good. Helena. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, I'm, I'm just speaking. Shit. I'm speaking for everybody. This is all I thought of. <laughs> Misty, Misty, Misty. Are you I think, good? No, I think I think we're good. Yeah, good job. Okay, Helena, my friend. I yeah. cannot wait until our next experiencers meeting. I appreciate you getting me through this conversation. I have ingested a lot of meat, and it's done something to me. You know me. <laughs> I don't eat meat because I believe it is, but chuck full of the fear that the animal felt before they last died and yet um you have dr spencer me you, we, we know that you're a carb loader so um that's yes. uh, that's not necessarily true because i mean well, <laughs> you used to you used to like you know rip waves and stuff at least that's what you told us so i did but i always i always ate pasta alone mm. i could never eat a scared dead animal I couldn't do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I I was briefly in in the Ponderosa Steakhouse, and you were eating I just a lot go of ahead. I just hang up the phone. <laughs> it's over. I can't do this anymore. I could not do that accent as good as I thought I could. We're done. Chick oh. and the coins drop. Uh, hey, uh, be, before before we before we do anything else. Mm-hmm. Are we, are we by the library? You're not far from the library. No, you're not too far. Like in town, like they're everything's like practically a thousand feet away from it. You know everything else. So you're you're fine. I'm just, just gonna follow Robert Langdon here. Oh nice. no, no Dan Brown. No, 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 and, and no, and no, no, no. Okay, go ahead. Just at some point when we're when we're nearby. I want to see if I can catch the Wi-Fi signal from outside because I'm assuming it's closed. Um, just you, to report report into anything, uh, everything that we've been you so get, far in. You get two bars of Wi-Fi. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just I just want to send send uh, send 
send report and messages back. Um, since since we've been threatened, I don't want the same thing to happen um, to us that happened to Lucy, where somebody's having to pretty much start completely over because okay, uh, <clears throat> she didn't get a good report in. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, perfectly fine. Um, it takes you a couple minutes, but uh, it does eventually go su- go through. You do see the uh, the read uh, or the delivered message. Fourteen eighty nine dr. For the greater part of a decade, the Forgotten Realms has plunged into turmoil and confusion. Numerous wars were fought in the east and the north, and thousands were killed. In the south, the seas receded while earthquakes and locusts plagued much of the land. Sailors from long-forgotten lands made port on the Sword Coast, and a great rain fell over the Sea of Fallen Stars. As the decade ends, the Frostmaiden Oral has plunged Icewind Dale into a perpetual winter. Violence once again finds itself on the streets of Waterdeep, and rumors of war leak out from the east. Cast into that world are three adventurers on the road for the first time. I'm Desdemona, and I play Ami. I'm Jen, and I will be playing Mirabella. Hi, my name is Chris Rusho, and I am playing Vocera Splitfish. And I'm Rob Christofferson, the Dungeon Master for Rolling Through the Realms, an actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast. New episodes drop every other Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app of choice. You've been uh, you've been given clues. Um, what are you What are you gonna do now? Let's go fuck up Ted Lyons. I mean, I don't know if we. I don't, yeah. I don't know that we have to fight him so much as just interrogate him. But if we want to fight him, we can. This I have very really ramped up after the break. Yeah, I have yeah. high things and like scuffling and shooting. So if we need yeah. to do that to Ted, we can yeah. do that. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Duff is gonna like stretch his neck, and then yeah, he he's gonna he's gonna do that thing like uh, Henry Henry Cavill did in Mission Impossible, where he reloads his his fist. <laughs> yeah. Mhm. 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 All right. Uh, do we know where Ted Lyons lives? When you talked to Helena Harris, she had mentioned that you had rented or that uh, Doctor Spencer had rented. An apartment on the top floor. Yes. And you will notice that Number on the 13. call box. Yeah, you will notice on the call box there is no apartment 13 on that call box. There are mm. apartments 1 through 12. Okay. So there is an extra apartment. Does the apartments, do we know so far if the apartments have peepholes? Um, you don't know that. You haven't been inside. Yeah, we yet. haven't been inside. Okay. A peephole is just a hole you haven't made with a gun yet, right? Well, yes. I, I like how you think, Norman. Back in the think, game. I am thinking more of doing my fabulous Dr. Spencer impression to get him to open the door, but that's obviously not going to work if he has a peephole. Uh, just uh, just to give you a few notes, a little more beachy on that voice, voice there, bud. A little, a little more, more beachy. beachy, dude. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we right. go. There we go. <laughs> you you not only you not only brought the beachy, you bought brought like a rotund beachy, which I appreciate. Like, you, you are bordering you. on like the beachy version of the ghost of Christmas present. I oh, like it. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> Tubular. No. The hell yeah almost sound like Stone Cold Steve Austin too. Yeah. So brother. How how are you gonna get into this uh, uh, apartment but, building? So 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 Ted is in this apartment building too. Yeah, I'm confused. I thought we were looking for Ted. Yeah, he's in there. And oh, Elena's if you're gonna go there. look for Ted, that that's fine. But he and Ted are. He and I Elena am are, now. Elena now that you've mentioned there. that, though, now now I'm interested in this 13th apartment. Well, though. I mean, you guys are kind of all over the place because you're like, okay, let's go look to see, you know. For this vehicle around town, or let's go. No, dude. I, I, she literally told you that Ted I think it has needs an to be Ted. in this building. Well, let's start oh, okay. by looking to see if we see the vehicle in the parking lot. Okay. Uh, looking around the small parking garage out back, you don't see a truck that fits the, the uh, tire treads that you saw out in the field. So you would guess that he is not there. Oh, okay. All right. Let's see. I say we just go for it. I say we break into this man's apartment. He's committing crimes against humanity. I think it's fine if we go into his apartment without being being invited. We're not vampires, after all. Mm. Wait, is Ted the owner of the truck? I do believe Ted is the owner. I, I think believe Ted's the Ted, owner of the truck. <laughs> I think Ted is the one behind everything. Every question we ask, I believe the answer is Ted Lyons. All right. Okay, so in my fragile state... I agree with everything he is saying, and I will use um, my streetwise techniques to open the lock. Would that work? I'll that allow it. Good. Yeah, go go right ahead, man. Okay, so uh, the door is now open, and uh, uh, I will allow everyone to go before me. Not now, only is that, that the you door do it into the building or into Ted's specific apartment? In the building. Into okay. the building, yeah. And uh, yeah. Is, is Ted's apartment labeled? It's top floor number uh, 13. No, that's, no, see, uh, that was that's Dr. Spencer. Spencer. You notice that um, while there isn't uh, anything on the call box, when you go inside and you look at the mailbox, there is a mailbox for a 13th apartment, and it does say T. Lyons on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. He's in apartment number 13. I thought Dr. Spencer was Doctor, talking No, Dr. Spencer. No, he paid, Dr. Spencer was Dr. talking to Helena. Dr. Spencer paid for Ted Lyons' apartment. So there's a weird situation going on there. But it No, is, it wasn't that he paid for it. It's, it was that he rented one out to him, basically. So Dr. Spencer owns the apartment building? Yes. Oh, no, Helena shit. owns the apartment building. No. Helena owns the Midnight Ranch. She does not own the apartment building. So Dr. Evan Spencer owns the apartment. Dr. Building. Spencer is renting apartments out to his clients. Is everybody Ted else Lyons. here too? Oh, Baxter. Yeah, he he has rented one out to Baxter. Baxter yes. was here. That's right. Okay, I take a I do a quick one eighty and run outside, and I want to scan the list of names <laughs> to see if everybody in the Experiencer group is in this building. Uh, no, no. Okay, just a couple. Okay. Um, I think uh, if I'm you did say all right. of the names last session. I which did was say impressive. all the names. 
Yeah, I did say all of the names. Um, I don't think that there are actually, with the exception of uh, Helena Harris, who is a a different uh, experiencer on her own level, I believe the only one that lives there is Debbie Hodges. And Ted Lyons. And Ted Lyons. Okay. So he's top floor number 13. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Is there a stair situation, Rob? Is it an elevator? It's a stair situation. This building is uh, fairly old, and the builders definitely did not have money for uh, an elevator. <laughs> so this is a total Ghostbuster scene. We're like uh, going into the building. Everybody's yeah. pumped, and then we're yeah, like near... trudging up the, <laughs> yep. up the stairs. Does, uh, does this sober Misty up at all? It's been a couple hours, I would imagine. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, I think um, I think she's fine now. Okay, I think she said that out loud while drinking wine. Hey, <laughs> I will say. Um, yeah, I will say. I think she's fine. Jedediah has to bring up the pack, the bag of the pack, because he is a portly gentleman, and I was he about is, to say he is not well equipped to. Climb more than two flights of stairs. <laughs> also, uh, do you have residual meat sweats? I do still have the meat sweats. That does not go away as fast as being drunk does. That's true. They last way longer. Well, well especially especially because you had meat on in the car. Yes, I did eat that porterhouse as we were going. Yeah, you're right. It's equivalent to just drinking another bottle of wine every time I start to sober up. So. <laughs> I am at least a good three or four minutes behind all of you guys at this point. Okay, just so I'm gonna I'm gonna lean over to Norman. I was I was just say, it looks like the two of us are the only adults here. <laughs> amazing! Oh, amazing! So, uh, Norman, are you doing your streetwise thing again? What does this door look like? Is it a portal into hell? Um, you looking at the door like it's an old ass door with thick coats of paint on it. Um, you don't see like a peephole or anything on it, but like it's, it, it looks like a door that's been on its hinges for like the last hundred years. If I put my ear to the door, is it thick enough that I can't hear anything, or do I hear something going on? No, it's it's thin enough. Uh, putting your ear to the door, you don't hear anything on the other. I will very cautiously start to unlock the door when uh, Jedediah uh, gets here to make sure they're all together. Okay. okay we're, uh, we're just standing at the top. like you. <laughs> I appreciate that, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you open the door. I would try and to be stealthy, but he's wheezing like <laughs> he, he is. Uh, there is no subtlety. There is no subtlety there. But um, inside, it's a very strange sight. It's almost like walking onto a movie set. The walls are painted this dark gray color, and there's like hidden lighting in the walls. You can't exactly see like the uh, the fixtures that are creating it. But like this room is intensely bright, despite being this uh, this dark gray color, and you see this table set up in the middle of the room, and you see an instrument tray right next to it. It has a very like medical feel to it. 
over in the corner, in the uh, left-hand corner, you see, uh, draped over a chair, is what looks like a suit that resembles a gray alien. This fucking race and Tilly bastard. Holy shit. And Norman, when you see it at first, you're, you're startled. You're, you're kind of thrown aback. Yes. Yeah. The eyes are just looking outward right. at, at you all as you're coming in the room. But um, you, there are, um, there's, it, it's a small apartment. There's a small kitchenette. Uh, there is a bedroom and a bathroom. Uh, and that's and that's about it. And this, uh, if you want to go look through them, you can go look. Through. Jedediah pulls a gun, just has okay. it out, ready, waiting. I appreciate He's officially the, the way too freaked out <laughs> to just. <laughs> He's just fucking freaked He's... out. Yep. He's got a pistol, handgun. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna go explore each room and make sure that there's nothing yeah, that's like gonna hurt anybody. Okay. Uh, where do you look around? In his fridge. First. That's a gun. Stay away from the wine. <laughs> uh, you see a, a lot of sauces in that fridge and very little actual food. Like, Do I see any beefits in the kitchen at all? No, there are no beefits. I'm slightly yeah. disappointed they were growing on me. Um, beefits are still starting to roll out to stores again, so it's going to be a little bit before you see it in like the remote parts of the United States, like Missouri. Um, so yeah, he has a he has just like a lot of sauces. There's some soy sauce. Uh, you definitely see like the Chick Fil A Polynesian sauce, which is just really barbecue sauce. Um, you know, there's bunch of sauces some there's some water in there um beyond that there's nothing else in the fridge okay bathroom I open the pantry oh, okay. oh sorry I'll, I'll go i'll go to the bathroom you can fish around and I'm, I'm in his room but we can wait to uh, go all right uh in the pantry you, you, he, this dude loves fucking crackers like he just absolutely loves crackers has weekends ritz club crackers you name it this guy you would guess that he is big into charcuterie for mm. sure mm. you got some saltines oh yeah definitely oh, saltines that's the good shit uh, there are also a couple. <laughs> there are a couple cans of tomato soup, which stand out. Um, in the bathroom, um, nothing really in the bathroom. It's actually pretty clean in there. So I go back to the living room and start like um, uh, fingering the alien costume, and I'm just like, I, okay. I'm come. What? Hey, what I'm, the- I, I'm using the proper term here. Like I'm <laughs> sticking a finger onto the alien costume and like playing with it. <laughs> you sick-minded freaks! <laughs> Norman will not stand for this. Oh my god! Um, all right. Uh, Is it's- this worse than Dugan's whole jokes or no? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it is. I think it is. <laughs> Um, so as you touch the, the, uh, gray alien suit, it's made of like a really thin latex, but it's like really sturdy and, and you could actually probably fit into it if you really wanted to. Oh, Norman. I'm not going to. Okay. Is Ted a particularly small person? No, he's about average height. Okay. He's average. Is he Norman's size? 
What's how tall is Norman? Five ten. Five ten. Uh, I would say Ted Lyons is probably like five nine, somewhere around there. Um, because it's just it's uh, I should ask Norman. Is this is this the alien that you saw? I think it. I think it is. Yes. Wasn't it smaller? I thought it was smaller. Yeah, you said it was like half your size. It has the same face. Maybe they. Maybe it was just freaked out or something. Mm. But how does a disappearing <sighs> woman fit into all of this? That doesn't seem like so, this. I feel like we're in Scooby Doo now because that so, okay, doesn't feel so, like something that could be faked. Does anyone have any drug tests on them? Because I'm coming to a sudden realization that you know, if there's a disparity in size, oh, that shit. maybe. Maybe I, I wasn't of sound mind. That is I, a great, great point. Yeah. You want to roll I, preparedness on that? Uh, okay. I have, I have seven preparedness. I'm gonna spend s- four of them. Uh, I rolled uh, a six before my four, so I definitely have like a lot of drug tests, and I definitely don't have all of them because I'm paranoid I'm gonna be drug tested at any point and lose my job <laughs> at the university. I have them for a different <laughs> reason okay. other than that. Okay. Okay. But here is um, one of them. Alright, so are you giving one to Norman? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. I will be right back. <laughs> we heard your very, very fast. Here. Very fast. So okay. uh here's a question. What does this drug test test for? It tests for well now test. you're just gonna make me reveal genocide. No no no, I wanna but like just drug because... test test for something right. specific. It's, you need it to is a high end test. It tests for a number of things, but mainly what it, it tests for are anything. It tests for marijuana, obviously. Then yeah. it tests for any hallucinogenic, either man-made or natural. And then finally, it tests for amphetamine. And okay. Jedediah doesn't need you to judge him for that. He just needs your, your support during the prime time. <laughs> <laughs> um... So amphetamines, hallucinogens, and pot. So how long do these tests take to come back with uh, they take about Not long. Fi- they take about 15 minutes. The, yeah. man, okay. the man rolled a 10. Just give him this one. <laughs> <laughs> I was so prepared. You, um, you administer the test, and uh, Norman does have drugs in the system. Norman. Okay, and it comes up pink if it's hallucinogens, yellow if it's, if it's speed, and green if it's weed. So what color does it come up? Pink. Wait, wait, it's hallucinogens. You, okay. You you didn't ask Norman if there was anything else that he may have. Uh, yeah, I look. He may at have Norman ingested or smoked before. And I say, have you Something gone to the great me. beyond, brother? And I stare you down because clearly I do not. <laughs> and I realize that my temple, my pure body, has been trashed, has been taken for a ride. Oh no! <laughs> but okay. How many of these tests do you have? I have four of them, which I think is fair because I rolled a 10. And also there are four weeks in a month and I have to take one every <laughs> week. <laughs> Does he have so I have, I have three left. If that's, if that stands. Yeah, I'll allow that. Okay, because we all saw this. That's true. Is that a thing that we all hallucinate the same thing? Because I don't think that's a thing. That's not a thing. No. As a par- as a guy with a paranormal podcast, that's not a thing. Wait, no. what do you think you hallucinated? The, the woman, woman disappearing. The woman disappearing. 
Okay, uh, Misty, you would know that you have had similar experiences with a being like this before. Me specifically? Yes. Which of her ex And so would and so would Nor- <laughs> Oh my and god. And so would uh Norman. Norman would would have too. Oh, it's a man in black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh all right. Okay. I'm in his bedroom. What do I find? So um there is uh uh like a twin size bed in there. Dang, and- she's in a black suit. I did I totally missed that. That's nice. Well, and you know what it was is because in my head she still had a giant hook instead of an arm. So, cool. so <laughs> you you find and and it like this room is like neat, like it, it's cleaned up. Uh, you find uh, a a desk and a computer, and you also find a small bookshelf um, okay. with some uh, books on it. I go to the computer and I okay. shake the mouse or the trackpad, depending. Okay, uh, and it uh, comes to life. Uh, it lights up. Is it is it locked with a password or anything? Nope. Okay. What a fool! You always have to protect your data, people. Come on. And I go. Um. In... Well, who has who has data data retrieval? I do. Okay. Hey, Norman. Uh, Norman. Hey, Norman. Come in here. Get in here. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you did, you did, you did that imitation. Now you've lost it. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. I you have lost Jedediah Snelson's voice. voice is Kevin Spacey in House of Cards, and I cannot find it again. So, give me some time. Give that. me some grace. We'll get there. Okay. Okay. Uh, Norman, um, come in here. Now that's Christopher Walken. Come yeah, it's on Christopher in. Walken. Yeah. It's Norman. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, the yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk over to the computer. <laughs> so you you uh you uh get on the computer and you find a number of emails. One was to Helena Harris uh asking to grow this wheat on her property. And he was very adamant, like we can we can make uh you know a lot of money uh, if I grow this wheat, it'll be like um, it'll it'll be like a tourist attraction, basically, because this wheat will be incredibly tall. Like he, <laughs> he's talking about heights of over seven feet tall. Okay. Um, you find uh, another email to uh, Doctor Evan Spencer asking to rent this apartment. Um, you also find an email to a company called Brimley Wheat. Uh, which is kind of like a Quaker Oats brand. So he he does plan on selling this wheat, um, but like that in the meantime, you, you have the you know the tourist attraction first, and then you, you'd sell off all your wheat. That's that's kind of what you glean from that. And that's um, oh, um, and you um, there's a there's another tab open, and it's open to um, a website. And on it, he was Hot listening. alien signals in your area? <laughs> no, he was actually, he was listening to a podcast. Um, Dyson Drury? No. Uh, he, you see Are the you fo- doing a callback? Oh, I'm doing, oh, trust me. We're folding universes here, pal. Uh, you see that he was listening to an episode of a podcast called The Our Strange Skies Podcast. I've done it. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, Unreal. They said it couldn't be done, and he did it. I did it. 
Uh, he's listening to an episode uh, called The Imgarvi Elf. It's episode 70. Speaking of, you can go listen to that episode of the Our Strange Guys podcast now. It's episode you, 71 called The Imgarvi Elf. Have you done 71 episodes, Rob? Yeah. Holy shit. I am very behind. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Sam, have you done like 200 episodes? Uh, we're at like 140 if God willing we ever do another one after this, but damn, that's impressive though. God damn, sorry. Didn't mean to derail there. No, yeah, you're good. Um, that's all you glean from that. Uh, the only other thing that you could look for any kind of clues is on the bookshelf. Bookshelf. Let's look. I, I look on the bookshelf. Okay, I'm gonna send y'all a link in the chat. Hold on Ooh. a second. Uh, who wants to? Who's taking the book from the shelf? I will because I read a lot of books. Okay. Um, the doc in chat. Open it up and read it. It's the um. There's a book that you find on this shelf. It's called Summoning Crop. It's by an author named Richard Hall. Okay. And it's a book about like the, the kind of like the history of crop circles and like the purposes of of some of them. And uh, there is a particular uh, part of it highlighted. So um, go ahead and read that at your leisure. Should I read it aloud or just like to myself? Yeah, go, go read it. Read it aloud. <coughs> Throughout Finnish mythology, we see elements of Norse. Slavish and Baltic myths come together to form a unique worshipping body of gods. One of those gods was Peko, the god of the crop, or the Wheat King. Often depicted as a short elf with a pointy hat, Finnish communities would turn to the god when their crops failed, or when their villages were plagued by drought. To summon Peko's good fortune, the communities would appeal to their local shamans, who would then establish an altar at the most sacred site within the community. Upon the altar, the shaman would place the skull of a small animal, roots from a tree, ground basil, and an acorn in the shape of a circle. Six bowls were then placed above the circle of items. Each bowl, arranged in the shape of a bowl itself, would contain blood, hair, and a fingernail. Of mark in from marked individuals of the village. A sample of that crop would then be placed above the bowl formation that would terminate in another bowl of bodily material taken from the shaman. The weak king would leave signs of his handiwork around the town, including abnormally large crops, crop circles, and strange sightings of light in the sky. A summoning of this type would bring with it economic prosperity for the village, turning struggling communities into prosperous city centers overnight. If the altar was destroyed, no crops would grow in the village ever again, leading to great famine. The investigators head back to the field to face whatever Ted has been up to in his ceremonies. Join us next time for the conclusion of Crop by the Order of Podcasters. You can follow The Order on Twitter and Instagram. And to support us, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Please also follow the podcast created by the individual players in this game. You can watch us play live at www.twitch.tv slash TechnoFunkboy.